Hi, my name is Barry Sterling Mitchell, and I produce the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings and the Bias Plus Reports. How you doing out there? I'm your co-host. I'm Ben Dickerson. Another great week of NFL football. A couple of stunning losses, some last-second wins, some really great balls played, and the GOAT has reemerged. <laughs> yes, he has. Yes, he has. And he's scaring the heck out of the league. Um, we're going to we're going to um, take a quick look at the uh, slate of games from week seven. Ben's going to do a special report on that. Then we're going to look at the Sterling Pro Football Net Point Power Rankings summarizing week seven. We're going to take a look at where everybody stands, and I have some special information to provide. And then we're going to do the bias plus report reports. Well, reports. There we go. Mm -hmm. uh, which Look at the matchups for week eight. And there are, Ben, I have at least three. Actually, I have four, but one includes my team. And you know, I never do my team as an intriguing game of the week, but there are at least three that I'm really intrigued about. So let's get ready to kick this thing off. <laughs> with your reports on week seven's slate of games. Okay, so let me just say, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I won eight games, I lost five. I believe you said that was about 61%. Approximately. Uh, I felt pretty good about that, uh, but I would have felt better if these first two games I'm gonna talk about had turned out in my favor. I would have had 10 wins then and I would have been Extremely excited about that. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. So here goes. My first loss, the Giants were at the Eagles. I picked the Giants. That is my team. I really believed that they could win this game. And in fact, they almost did win this game. But unfortunately, they didn't. Now, Carson Wentz was not great. He missed a lot of easy throws. Um, but he connected on some big ones. Got some big gains. He was 25 of 43, 359 yards and two touchdowns, one interception, and he did run one touchdown in. Uh, the question, the question for me is, Baron, maybe you can help me with this real quick before we go on, is what's the deal with Wentz and his accuracy issues? Could it be A, a sign of regression? B, him trying to do too much, or C, just because he has so many teammates in and out of the lineup with the injuries that they're having, that he just hasn't had time to get real familiar with all of them. What do you, what do you think about that? A, B, or C? My challenge with the way you structured the question is you structured, structured it as an either or. And in a holistic team game like football, very rarely is it one or the other. It's usually a combination. So for example, the dropped touchdown by Miles Sanders in the end zone would have made his stats look a lot better. <laughs> and, you know, that's, that wasn't this. You could say that was on him. It wasn't maybe a pass that was put in the perfect place, but it was a, a pass where uh, a D hop might've caught that or a better receiver might've caught that. And you kind of expected your back to catch that. 
I see it as a, a, a challenge um, with pressure. So he's got a lot of – he's got his, – his left tackle is basically just playing left tackle for the first time uh, this year. So he's got a lot of, you know, issues with, with the pass rush coming his way, not having the best protection. Yes, he's got a number of guys who we're just finding out about, you know, not big names that he's throwing to. Uh, in addition, and I think that adds a pressure to try to to try to do more, to try to hang in there, you know, roll out, and I can make a play out of this. I can make a play out of this, and sometimes you wind up making a dumb play. You take a sack that you shouldn't have took taken. Uh, you you could have thrown the ball away. So I think it's a, a number of those issues. They have a team wide uh, uh, issue that's going on, and we'll see. We'll see if that changes because they've got people coming back now who are coming off of injuries. Uh, the question is, who's going to be left? Because I hear they're talking about uh, trading people like Ertz and Alshon Jeffries. So those people that were there that you could depend on that were out for injury may not be there after injury if that makes sense. <laughs> well, it does because the trade deadline is coming up. Yes. yes. So that's, that's going to have a lot to do with how this roster is going to look going forward. Uh, however, I didn't mean for it to be a, uh, a this or that uh, type of question. And in fact, you answered it the same way I would have. It's a little bit of all three. You know, the, 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 the injuries on the offensive line that are causing him to be under a lot of pressure – I'm not going to count that one because I've seen him in clean pockets throw bad balls, plenty of them. And the season is not even um, – is almost halfway through. So there is something going on. But He I, does have some mechanical issues. That's been pointed out I, a few times. He's got some yeah, there's mechanical issues, but he could, he could play better, I think, if he wasn't pressing, which is hard to do uh, or hard to say to a guy who believes he's the face of your franchise and everybody's de depending on him and he really wants to do it, that it's tough, you know? So yeah, it's a little bit of all of them. Uh, whoever's left after the trade deadline is over, if they can stay healthy, the Eagles have a chance. Well, they already have a really great chance of winning the division, but they have a chance of actually doing something maybe in a playoff game. Now, I know I'm probably giving them a lot of hope there, but I could see that happening. They're, they're not terrible. Um, they they actually, in a way, remind me of the Dak Prescott Cowboys, who, although they lost the game, mounted a furious comeback. <laughs> Yeah, well, we no. see quite a few of those, but nobody was as good at it as Dak there before he got hurt, man. That was some of those – I mean, I've seen garbage time stats, but it was never garbage time with Dak. He was always on the verge, like teams were going around going, oh, uh, what's the score now? Oh, yeah. you know what he I mean? So, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, Wentz was threatening against the, the Ravens. The Ravens looked like they had a, a, a laugher going on there for a minute. The next thing they knew, it was like an eight-point game. Yeah, well, there, guess what? There were some, there were some letdowns this week, this weekend also. Um, so anyway, in reference to this game, so we can move on to the next one. My bottom line is the Giants actually lost the game. I, I know the Eagles got the W. They won, 
but the Giants lost this game. If, if Daniel Jones can connect with Evan Ingram ah, on a really beautiful pass. Talk about dropping passes, right? <laughs> to a, to a, I mean, it was, it, was almost, it was almost like it was a little lack of effort there. I don't know. If I'm in the film room during the week, you know, with the other wide receivers and the wide receiver coach, I'm expecting to get an earful mm. after I look at that because if he catches that ball, they can drive down, eat clock, kick a field goal, and be done with it. And that game is over. So, you know, that was a tough L for me. The next tough L for me was the Lions in Atlanta against the Falcons. I took the Falcons. Julio's healthy. Uh, Calvin Ridley's playing great. Gurley's not stinking it up. Ryan's throwing the ball all over the place. I'm thinking the Lions defense ain't going to be able to hold up to that. Well, sir, <clears throat> Mr. Matt Stafford was 25 of 36 for 340 yards, threw for one touchdown. With the Lions up 16-14, here's where the Falcons lost the game, okay? They go on a nine-play, 76-yard drive. They get close enough to kick an easy field goal. There's still a good number of minutes left on the clock. All they have to do, this is something that should have been talked about as soon as they got in the red zone. All they have to do is run the ball and fall a couple of times, keep the clock going. I don't, I'm not sure if Detroit had any timeouts, but I don't think that they did. Kick the field goal and go home. Nah, nah. Somebody forgot to give the memo to uh, Ty Gurley. The Giants, uh, the, I'm sorry, the Lions obviously were letting him score. Guys were hitting him but they weren't hitting him hard. They weren't rapping. They were kind of standing up. He's chugging along. And then the last guy just kind of lets him go. And it looks like he goes, oh, oh, that's right. I'm not supposed to. And then he scores. So that left Matt By Stafford. the slimmest of margins. By the slimmest of margins. <laughs> but it left Barely. him enough time. He, he really did seem like once he tried to stop his momentum, you know, that, that he was really holding back, you know, from scoring. But his momentum at this point, it was too late. Because I think he had about two or three good steps before he got to the goal line, which made it look even worse that he crossed it because he could have, you know, if he hadn't taken those steps, he he'd have took a knee at, what, the two or something like that? He was about when the last guy from the Lions hit him or – barely wrapped his arms around him. He was about at the four, four and a half, I think. And then the mm -hmm. guy just kind of let him go. But he's already leaning forward, probably thinking I should go down here. And the guy lets him go and he takes two more steps and then goes, ah, and he couldn't go down. And then he goes down, he's in the score. But kudos to Matt Stafford. He took the little bit of time he had left, which I believe was under two minutes, marched him down the field threw a beautiful pass to Kenny Galladay to get him in close. <clears throat> and then with no time left on the clock, with zeros on the clock, finds his tight end, uh, TJ Hawkinson, in the end zone, touchdown. Of course, even with no time remaining, you get to kick your extra point. They kick the extra point. They win the game by one, 23 to 22. So, again, 
a win that the Falcons had in hand, and they let get away. Um, he, he had a, um, a nice little in-the-pocket scramble um, where, where they were really kind of putting some pressure on him. He stepped to the left and stepped out. I thought he was going to run the ball. I really did. I thought he was going to go for it. But he pulled up a la um, Mahomes yeah. and really dropped a nice pass to the, to the tight end. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. People forget about Matt Stafford, but he's still around. He can still sling it. Uh, wow, here's another loss for me. That's three in a row, but you're going to start hearing about some wins real soon. Trust me. Browns at Bengals, Battle of Ohio. Tight one, 37-34. This was a crazy game. Oh, the bias lost on this one too, by the way. This was a crazy game. Uh, did the bias lose on this one? I, I have the bias going to the Browns. Maybe I wrote it down wrong. Who won the game? The, oh, uh, I'm sorry. This is a win. <laughs> I don't know why I put a big L right next to it, but the bias, <laughs> the, the bias took the win. I took the loss. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I've got numbers written on top of words on top of numbers. Let me go. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns defeated the Cincinnati Bengals 37 to 34. Now it's official. Okay. Baker Mayfield comes out after getting benched the week before. Throws, or should I say, does not complete any of his first five passes, one of which was an interception. Um, I'm thinking he's going to get benched again. They gave him another chance. He comes back out. His next 21 passes, he completes. Straight 21? 20, his 21, he threw 21 passes without an incompletion. Wow. Is that crazy? He went total of 22 of 28. Uh, 297 yards, five touchdowns Baker Mayfield every time he gets clowned seems to come back with a vengeance They're very competitive young man I must say he stinks it up sometimes but the guy can throw and he can move uh that's five touchdowns however my man Joe Burrow who I've been speaking of every week about how impressed I am of him seemingly did enough to uh come away with the victory here but the Bengals' defense had no answer for Baker Mayfield, so that was the end of that. Um, Joe Burrow was pretty much great, uh, especially he threw some beautiful long balls. He was 35 of 47, 406 yards. This is a rookie. Three touchdowns, only one interception. And he threw some pretty, pretty passes. And they were coming at him, you know. He was in the pocket. He was getting pressured. He scrambled, did what he had to do. Again, they should have won that game, but they left the defense at home. So didn't work out for them. Now we get in the win column. Panthers at Saints. I took the Saints. The bias took the Saints. They won the game 27-24. Um, this is the battle of Drew Brees and his uh, last year backup, Teddy Bridgewater, who has moved on to the Panthers and is now a starting quarterback there, which is all he wanted in the first place, and proved himself in New Orleans to be worthy of the job. So uh, let's see, Teddy, 
goes 29 of 36 for 287. Nice day. Two touchdowns. Um, wait, is this former? Oh, my bad. I mixed that up. That was Breeze's numbers. 29 of 36, 287 and two touchdowns. Now, we got to remember, without Mike Thomas and now Emmanuel Sanders has COVID. So those are his top two receivers. Uh, he's been throwing the ball underneath a lot. We've talked about that. You don't know if it's a game plan issue or arm strength issue or maybe a little bit of both, but he was pretty masterful underneath yesterday uh, or, or set rather on Sunday. And uh, he also had a short run for a touchdown too. Uh, Alvin Kamara handled the rest. He rushed for 83 yards on 14 carries and caught eight passes for an additional 65 yards. Uh, Teddy started out pretty hot. Uh, he was 11 to 13 for 170 and two scores in the first half. But then the Saints defense clamped down on him. He didn't throw any scores in the second half. He finished 23 to 28 for 254. So valiant effort by Teddy, but Drew and the gang were a little bit too much, even without Mike Thomas, who should be back this weekend. Mm. Uh, another win for me and the bias, 18 to 10. The Bills went to the Jets and beat them. This was a weird day for Josh Allen. You know, I've been talking a lot about Josh Allen. I've been talking about the Bills, one of my favorite teams, a team that I expect a lot of. But Josh Allen is not, he's looking kind of crazy. I think I spoke on this last week and even the week before things weren't quite right. We talked Again. about it last week, even in terms of Tua and saying that the division was a little more questionable because of his play. I mean, yeah, the Bills don't look great, but I'm concerned about Josh Allen. I'm concerned about their defense too because I thought it would be a lot better. But I'm very concerned about Josh Allen. Um, Jets defense is pathetic. Josh Allen was 30 of 43 for 370 yards and was the Bills' leading rusher with 61 yards on 11 carries, but he never found the end zone the entire game. The Bills won the game with six field goals. That weird? Yeah. For, for supposedly a, a powerhouse against a pathetic defense? Yep. Yeah, I expected a lot more. I'm disappointed. I'm starting to worry about them now, but uh, I'll be watching them carefully. Um, here's an easy win. Took the Washington football team along with the bias against the Cowboys. Uh, Washington beat them 25-3. to uh, Ooh. Tough one for Andy Dalton. Let's get that out of the way first. He was running. He slid. He took a vicious, uh, I was about to say borderline dirty hit, but I actually wasn't borderline. The guy, the guy nailed him. Okay. So he went out with a concussion. They came in with some guy from the Sopranos named Danucci or something. <laughs> he wasn't able to do anything. The, the, I mean, I'm just saying Washington played smart. They, they know the Cowboys. They stack the box. They slow Zeke down. They make Dalton try to beat them. Dalton couldn't beat him. He could have stayed in the game. They would have still lost. So, you know, I, uh, 
Mm, sorry about that. That never happens to me. Um, once Danucci came in, it was over. They they put the clamps on Zeke. He couldn't do anything. They couldn't do anything. They were done. Uh, on the other hand, I want to talk a little bit about Kyle Allen. He was with the Panthers. He is now with the Washington team. Dallas's defense is really, really bad. But Kyle Allen, Kyle Allen, did really well. He went 15 to 25, 194. He threw two touchdowns. Uh, Antoine Gibson, the running back, had a really good day. Uh, well, he was playing the Dallas defense, so of course he had a good day. Had 128 yards on 20 carries, and uh, he scored a touchdown also. Yeah, they so had another, one long, long ball that that uh, scored for him. Then I mean. Uh, nice long pass. I mean, oh, I think that was to McLaurin. Yeah, McLaurin, yeah. rather. Yeah. Yep. He's he's one of the few. McLaurin is one of the few uh, fantasy guys that you'll have from a Washington team that's actually legitimate. Between him and um, Antonio Gibson, the running back, uh, there's not much more to talk about on that team, not defensively or offensively. So, okay, so. Hmm? Chase. Chase. <laughs> Chase. <laughs> Packers at Texans. I took the Texans. <laughs> ah, that was a loss. Bias had the Packers. Good job. Packers won the game 35 to 20. I didn't get anything out of Deshaun. I really didn't. Not, not what I was expecting. Uh, and that disappointed me. But kudos to Aaron Rodgers. With little resistance from the Texas defense, he went 23 of 34, 283, four touchdowns. He was never sacked. He was barely touched. He was barely breathed on. He found Devontae Adams downfield whenever he wanted to. And in fact, Devontae had one of the best fantasy days of anyone so far this season. 13 catches, 196 yards, and two touchdowns. Did you have them? <clears throat> on a couple teams, yeah. Wow. See, when you ask me if I have somebody on fantasy, you got to remember I have like 37 fantasy teams. So you got everybody somewhere, I got right? I got somebody somewhere, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, you said about um, you taking I, – I remember saying that last week you were really on a risk uh, uh, move. You were picking up all the risky – you know, matchups and you were going, I was, cause I remember saying, well, I don't remember you going against the bias as much as you right. did. Yeah. It was kind of crazy. I, but I, I did win some of them. So, you know, it could have been worse. <laughs> <laughs> so here was my intriguing game of the week. Steelers at Titans. Uh, this one got a little weird too. Cause uh, the Steelers looked like they had everything in hand. And then all of a sudden, Ryan Tannehill wakes up a little bit, but just a little bit. Derrick Henry wakes up a little bit, but just a little bit. And the Steelers still pull it out. Um, real quick, Big Ben didn't have a great day. 32 of 49, only 268. Uh, two touchdowns. He threw three interceptions. Really sloppy play by Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Derrick Henry gained only 75 yards on 20 carries. But he did score a touchdown. I believe he scored that in the fourth quarter. Ryan uh, Tannehill uh, struggled to bring the team back. He was 18 to 30 for 220 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, but 
of their 220 yards, one of the touchdowns was a 72-yard toss and catch by A.J. Brown. I think he ran like a crossing route, caught the ball yeah. over the middle. Once he turned it up, he was out. Yeah, he was out. He was, he was out. out. A.J. Brown's a nice player. Very you nice know what player. I saw in that game? You know how um, Good Morning Football has angry runs? Yes, yes. I saw Derrick Henry put an angry block on a blitzer. Oh, really? Yeah, and I got pass protection is extremely important. I haven't heard anybody talk about it, but mm -hmm. this guy was blitzing. He literally lift. He he lifted him like he did Josh Allen. Took him off his feet, pancaked him. I was I'm like, not Ooh. surprised. I'm not surprised. I looked up some Derrick Henry off-season workout stuff on YouTube. He's an animal, man. <laughs> his workouts are legendary. They're just, ugh, they're incredible. They're incredible. It was also uh, my bias plus um, intriguing game of okay. the weekend. So we, we both chose the same game. Um, and I started it out here. Of all, of all the potential intriguing games, only the Steelers at the Titans featured two undefeated teams. The only other undefeated team at the time was the Seahawks. Right. So Steelers is the only undefeated team now. <laughs> Go yep. ahead. Speaking, speaking of being uh, or having been undefeated, Seahawks at Arizona Cardinals. I took the Seahawks. How could I not? They were undefeated. I've been riding them all year. I'm loving Russell Wilson. I do have him in fantasy on my main fantasy team. So I'm doing really well there. But they lost to the Cardinals, 37-34. This was like a heavyweight title fight between Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. Uh, I, don't, I don't really know how else to, to, to describe it. Um, but I wasn't disappointed at all. Uh, Russell went 33 of 50. 50 <laughs> passes. 33 of 50. 388 yards and three touchdowns and he ran 84 yards on six carries but he threw three interceptions mm. Kyler Murray 34 of 48 almost 50 passes 360 yards Three touchdown passes, ran for 67 yards and another touchdown, and he only threw one interception. So what do they say about the turnover battle? Yeah. Exactly. Turnover battle. They go back and forth, back and forth. Kyler gets the ball last, drives him down. They kick a field goal, take it to overtime, drive down, kick a field goal, win it in overtime. Great. Took an interception was, in overtime. One of those interceptions was in overtime. Oh, jeez, oh, that's right. They had the ball first. Yeah. Extremely exciting game. I think that was my most fun game of the weekend. That they was did, a really good game, man. They did a tail of the tape, and they had both quarterbacks listed at 5'10". I thought yeah. Kyler was shorter. Kyler is... But they had them both lifted this at the same height. Kyler's like 5'10", like I'm 5'10". You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like 5'9 and 7 eighths. Okay. And, and Russell is 5'10 and 3 quarters. 
Oh, is that the difference? Yeah, he's a true, he's a true, you know, he's almost 5'11". Okay. So there, there's, a, and that's a difference. That's, what, it's an inch? I don't know. But anyway, um, here was a win for me against the bias. Double check me, make sure I'm right. But I took your 49ers going into Foxborough and beating the Patriots 33-6. to six. Am I correct? Did the Patriots have the uh, – did the bias no. have the Patriots? No, the Niners had the, had the bias. Ah, darn. I thought – I'm looking at it, I'm like, I must have wrote that wrong. Or maybe I didn't. Maybe I picked the bias. <laughs> you, were, you were hoping, right? <laughs> oh, well, so much for that. Um, bias scored 3.0, favored the Niners. Okay. Well, Jimmy G continues to be the game manager that the Niners offense – needs him to be he's throwing short he's throwing intermediate passes and he's letting all of his explosive teammates do the work and he's got a bunch of really explosive athletic quick guys uh Iuk, uh debo samuel who unfortunately got injured again uh kendrick Bourne is playing really well um kittle okay not your average tight end for sure so He's getting the ball to those guys. He's letting them do most of the work. He was 20 to 25, 278 yards. He didn't throw any touchdowns, but he did throw a troublesome two interceptions. Now, I think one of them was like right before halftime. He tried to gun one to the end zone. Um, that didn't work out too well, but it was a, you know, it was a last minute shot before the half. So I don't, I don't really count that one. Um, now, what was interesting, especially if you're if you're a, a 49ers fan and you're concerned about all these injuries that they're getting, they somehow have this bottomless pit full of freaking running backs. It's unbelievable. Um, Raheem Mostert is hurt, high ankle sprain, missed the week. They decided to keep Jarek McKinnon out for what I'm calling load management, which you usually hear in the NBA. But basically, I didn't find out until the game was over that he was completely healthy and they just wanted to rest him. Okay, fine. So here comes Jeff Wilson Jr., 112 yards on 17 carries and two touchdowns. I'm sorry, three touchdowns out of nowhere. I'm not, I'm not even understanding it. And that's my <laughs> that's my team. I'm like, holy map. Because you know, again, as a Madden guy, you look at you know, you look at these guys and their ratings, and you're like, oh, okay, he's a sixty. Right. But then they come out in real life, and oh, yeah. they rip the place up. Unfortunately, on his last touchdown, he pulled a hamstring or something. I think it's a hamstring. I hope it's not a knee. And uh, they take him off. But in the meantime, the fourth string running back, Jamichael Hasty, comes in. He only gets to get carry the ball nine times, and he gains 57 yards and looks fantastic doing it. <laughs> oh, where do you get – were you growing them in the ground? I know. The vineyards. The vineyards. You're growing them in the vineyards. <laughs> Again, I'm not even understanding it. I'm like, okay, how are we doing this? How are we running the ball down people's throats? Talk no about man. next man up. <laughs> with, with no big, with no serious passing game. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But 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 it's working. 
you, you the, 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 the passing game is tailored to the type of players that you have. I'm not saying that he's like, oh, I just want, I don't want to throw deep. So I'm going to take this guy, this guy, and this guy. I think he looked at his team, which is a credit to the coach, and said, you know what? We need to tweak the game plan a little bit because these are the kind of players that we have. We want it out of the quarterback's hands quickly, but we still want to get downfield. So what do we do? We throw short passes and let the pass catchers do the work. And it's working. What are you going to do? He, um, Kyle Shanahan, uh, set a record when he was in Atlanta for the most players who scored. Touched the ball. Who actually scored. You know, okay, yeah, like as long with touches, along like with touches. different guys or something who actually got into the end zone, and it was like a whole record and everything. So, I remember them having several games where at the end of the game, they're like, Matt Ryan threw four touchdowns to four different people, or right. you know, this many guys had this many receptions, everybody on the Dalgon team had at least two catches in a game. Yeah, they did, he did that a lot. So, and, and I, I have to assume that he. He um, recruits, drafts that way for that type of game, which is one reason why he probably didn't take DK because he doesn't really see that wide out setup in the same manner. You know what I mean? And uh, I don't know. I'm still a little... I, I, I don't know. I think DK would fit there perfectly. Uh, well, I would have loved to have had him, but okay. He's, he's a little bigger because, you know, I, I want to take a moment of silence every time we say his name. I mean, you basically got the same guy. Well, you kind of got two guys that make DK if you put them together, Kendrick Bourne and Ayuk. If you put the two of them together, because I think Bourne's a little bigger, you could kind of make DK out of the two of them as far as speed, hands. Uh, maybe stature and all the hands, but I'm the speed. Stature. That speed. I, well, okay. Ayuk ain't slow, bro. He ain't that fast. Not as fast Ayuk as Nick is not slow. I'm just saying. No 4-3 to 4-2 in the 40. But in any event, I ain't mad at him. He's yeah, a beast. Well. He, All right, he's see. stockier and stronger than I thought he was, Ayuk is. So he can really, you know, he's almost like a power back running that ball. So I ain't mad at him. But, yeah, you know, different than well, D Debo's your power back, your, your, your fly sweep guy. So, but he's hurt now, so. Maybe IU will get some more of those type of plays. Um, Chiefs go to Denver, snowy Denver to play the Broncos. Snow was coming down pretty good. Uh, didn't make any difference to the Chiefs. Um, they pretty much outclassed the Broncos. Uh, like I said, it was snowy, but I think it stopped before the game was over. It wasn't that bad. Uh, it was a quiet day for Patrick Mahomes. He only threw 23 passes. He completed 15 of them for 200 yards, and he only threw one touchdown. Um, he did get sacked three times, and he took a seat late in the fourth quarter. I think it was like seven or eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. But the Chiefs were up 37-16 anyway, so it was probably a great time to get him the heck out of there. Um, they had a good day running. You have rushing stats on them? No, I didn't take any rushing stats. Um, good day running. I don't think they had a lot, though. I really don't. What, what, what turned up the score was 
they ran back a kick and a kickoff for touchdowns. So that was two of their scores right there. Okay. Hilaire had a decent day, but it wasn't it wasn't tremendous. So, I thought he had a pretty decent day, but I, um, we'll, we'll, we'll double-check that. Okay, go ahead. He had a decent day because, remember now, they let Le'Veon play a little bit, so they cut into his touches. Ah. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how they work out that tandem. Um, Buccaneers at Las Vegas Raiders. The Bucks won the game. I won the game. And the Bias won the game. The score was 45-20. to 20. The Tom Brady that we've seen so far this season seems to me to be a little or seemed to me to be a little bit uncomfortable with what was expected of him as a Buccaneer and or how he was expected to accomplish it. Now, I don't know if that sounded right, but it just seemed like um, everybody wasn't on the same page, Okay. This game was a throwback, and this game should answer any questions about anybody that's a doubter about Tom Brady. He scored on a patented quarterback sneak in the first quarter. He completed 33 of 45, 33 of 45, 369 yards, four touchdowns. Game over. I got nothing else to say about that. That's the GOAT. You found at least, excuse me. You found Gronk. If there oh, was anything that came, yeah, well, that game. yeah, he, he okay. He found Gronk. Fournette found his legs. Uh, Ronald Jones Fournette off a little bit. Yeah, but but he's he's still hit or miss. Ronald Jones is the is the uh, the running back of choice, I believe, right now because. Uh, he's been the most consistent. Um, found Gronk. The defense is really picking up pace. Their de- Buccaneers defense is really picking up pace. They were touted as being a really top defense this year. They had a few games where they kind of got scored on a little bit, but now they're rounding into shape too. I think maybe they got a couple people back from injury. <clears throat> excuse me, from injury. So uh, yeah, Tampa Bay is looking really good right now. Got one more game. This one was a win. Uh, I picked the Rams along with the bias score was 24 to 10. Wasn't a whole lot going on in this game. I was worried that the bears defense was going to get to Jared Goff and, and, and uh, upset the Rams, but didn't work out that way. He was pretty efficient. He's 23 to 33, 219 yards. He threw for two touchdowns and uh, they were only able to sack him once. Uh, Meanwhile, Nick Foles, who I reported last week, had gone three weeks in a row throwing one touchdown and one interception. And in this game, he threw no touchdowns. And that was the end of that. So Nick Foles fans have at it. That's it. Yeah, we we question Nick Foles' ability to, to uh, handle a full season. And uh, I think you're starting to see those uh, that trait uh, raises its head. All right, good work, good work on the review for week seven. You took your lumps. Did you notice anything about the bias plus reports? Uh, no, 
Why right. don't you tell me? <laughs> We're going to wait. I'm going to say that for a little bit. <laughs> oh, that was a tease? No. So. <laughs> Because we're going to move into the, the uh, Sterling Pro Football Net Point Power Rankings. That's starting to be, that's starting to sound, uh, you know, I watch too much Good Morning Football because they have their primetime pick, skin, pick of the week thing. Yeah, long drawn out. Yeah, I got a long drawn out name, <laughs> so I have to figure out how I'm going to work with that. But let's get ready to take a look and see where everybody is falling as of week seven. So here we go, Benny, with the bottom eight. And you'll notice two teams that are uh, completely taking up the 32nd place. That would be your New York Jets and your Dallas Cowboys. Jets in last place in both. Net points, that's your NP uh, column there, and points four, that's your PF column there. Jets in last place in both Dallas in last place in both points against, that's your PA and turnover differential. So there you go. We When we say that they're stinging up the league, they're stinging up the league. Where they didn't take uh, last place in the net point, they took next to last at minus 9.6. So let's Run down 25th through 31 real quick when you have Philadelphia, Minnesota, Denver, and Houston at minus 4.7. Uh, a double 6.2 there for uh, Minnesota and Denver. Houston being minus 7.3 and the Giants minus 7.4. Jacksonville minus 9.4. And I always remind people that at any point in time, half of the league is in minus net points. In terms of scoring, Carolina coming in at 25th place with 23.1. And again, these are averages. Jacksonville, Chicago, and Denver. Uh, New England at 29th place offensively. Man. Wow. Wow. You know, wow. Uh, you got to take a moment to let that sink in. There's your Tom Brady-less New England Patriots. And uh, Cam, psh, Oh, Cam, geez. The Washington football team uh, at 19 points, and that number probably got pumped up a little with all the points they put on the Cowboys. So <laughs> there's your points for uh, bottom eight. Points against bottom eight, you're looking at the Jets, Atlanta, Houston, Jacksonville, Cleveland, Minnesota, Las Vegas. Didn't expect to see them that far down and how many points they're giving up. 32.8 on average per game, and then Dallas. And your bottom eight, 25th place, Giants, Jacksonville, Houston. Again, um, turnover differential. The difference between the turnovers that you take and the turnovers that you give away. And this means that they are giving away more than what they're taking. Minnesota at minus 1.2, Denver minus 1.3. So there is your uh, bottom eight. Anything you want to say on that? Uh, just that Dallas really, really stinks on defense right now. Uh, actually, we might find out coming this weekend that they just totally 100% stink as a team. There's, there's a lot of rustlings about guys on this team just pretty much giving up. 
And you hate to hear something like that, especially from professionals. But when you start, you know, talking about the coaches and this is wrong and that's what's wrong. And then I see people out there missing tackles and, and blowing coverages and, and using, having poor footwork on defense and not being able to open up holes for a future Hall of Fame running back. I mean, that says a lot about your team and it doesn't say much that's good. I'll put it that way, so. Yeah, uh, almost a, a bit of a minor mutiny going on over there with, uh, with the way they're talking about the coaches and things of that nature. Um, and now will be the time as we approach the trade deadline when you'll start to see them talking about, okay, well, we don't need this guy because we're not winning anything. Anywho, <laughs> so here you go. All right, 17 through 24. Net point-wise, we're still in the negative, Carolina being 0.9, Detroit 1.5, that's 17th and 18th. You've got Cleveland and Atlanta at minus three, Atlanta being an extra 0.3 there, and Vegas, Cincinnati, Washington, and New England rounding out 20 through 24 at 3.3 through 4.7. So those are your... Uh, net points in the 17th. In terms of scoring, again, we're ranging from 25 to 23 on average points per game. Not many teams are winning at this level. Uh, your Rams are. Um, they're, they're down there. They're winning. Um, Buffalo, there's your question mark you, with the defense that you had about um, uh, Buffalo coming in at 20th. In terms of points against, Tennessee, 25.5. And when you have the um, offense that they have, you, you can get away with that a little bit. You notice they are not in the, the bottom half in terms of net points. Uh, the Chargers, Green Bay, another uh, team that we're going uh, to talk about. Detroit Lions, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, Seattle, 23rd, 20, giving up 28.7 points per game. We pointed out their question marks uh, a while back, and that hasn't changed. And this is, again, looking like the New Orleans Saints that we used to talk about uh, a couple years back when they were scoring big and giving up big points. This is about where their defense would rank in a lot of cases. So they're down in uh, 24th place. In terms of turnover differential, we got Chicago, the Saints, and the Rams at zero, breaking even 17th through 19th place. Uh, 20th through 24th, all pretty much a, a fraction, 0.1 to 0.3. So not big time uh, negatives, but negatives nonetheless. Moving on to 9 through 16, unless you have something you want to say about six, 17 through 24. No, 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 we're good. We're good. We're getting to the meat of the order now. Getting to the meat. Okay, so this is the top. This begins the top half. Everybody, well, not everybody's in the positive. Okay. Net points, my Niners, 6.4 plus, Green Bay, 6.3, Tennessee, 5.8, Seattle, 5.2, and New Orleans at a big net point of plus one. <laughs> the Chicago Bears, the Buffalo Bills, and the LA Chargers all at negatives, but they're in a fractional situation at 0.3 and 0.6 and 0.8. Okay. Points for now we're starting to push up 
uh, toward the 30 points per game. Arizona coming in just under that at 29. Cleveland, Las Vegas, Miami, Atlanta, Indianapolis, Detroit, <laughs> and my Niners, all within a few points to a fraction of a point uh, differential filling out 10th through 16th. In terms of defense, number nine, Kansas City, 20.4. Number 10, Arizona, 20.9. Washington, 23.6. New England, 23.8. They're in 12th place. So they got a little something to be proud of still, New England. The Panthers, 24. The Giants, 24.9. And again, we talked about the, your Giants having a bit of spirit. So they're coming in in the top half of the league and on defense. Buffalo, just under the Giants. <laughs> Man, just still amazes me. And then Denver uh, rounding out 16th place. Green Bay, in terms of turnover differential coming in at uh, – Ninth, but they're pretty much tied straight down to Atlanta in 14th place. Everybody with 0.3. They're in the positive. My Niners at 0.1 and Arizona at 0.1. All again in positive territory. Ninth through 16th. Any comments on that, sir? Um, this is one of the more volatile areas, I would think, where uh, teams will be jockeying for position because as you can see, 14 through 16 are still in the minus, although they're barely in the minus. Uh, New Orleans is sitting at an even one and then everybody else is on the plus side. So I can see that any one of these teams, well, obviously San Francisco and Green Bay are in the top 10, they're in the bottom half of the top 10. But a team like Tennessee, a team like Seattle, a team like New Orleans and <laughs> although I'm starting to question it, a team like Buffalo can all work their way into that top 10 within the next few weeks. Uh, when we do look at the top eight, then we'll be able to see if there's anybody there that looks like they might be losing their footing. But for the most part, uh, that's where most of the movement's going to be. Those are really good teams right there. So uh, other than that, let's go up and see what that top eight looks like. The top eight. Bam, there you go. All, All right. right. See that? See that? Take a look. Take, take, just take a quick look. That'll answer a lot of questions for you. <laughs> Baltimore takes the top spot in the rankings with a 12.5 net points. Again, everybody here is in the positive. Right behind them, Tampa Bay. Pittsburgh in third place, 10.8. Just a tenth of a point behind Pittsburgh is Kansas City. And look who's coming in, number five, in the top five, the Cardinals. After that big win. Big win. Excuse me, look who's in sixth place. <laughs> no, you don't have to excuse yourself. <laughs> that should have been the first place your eyes went when <laughs> after I said, let's see who's slipping in the uh, top eight. And right below them, in what we know is going to be the matchup, one of my intriguing games of the week, the L.A. Rams. So that already tells you something about the upcoming bias, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it does. <laughs> and then you got your Colts rounding out <clears throat> eighth place. All right. Top scoring team so far this season, 
Seattle Seahawks tied with the Green Bay Packers. So, yeah, you know, I mean, these guys are scoring. They're definitely scoring. Tampa Bay's coming in at third, 31.7. Tennessee just 0.4 points behind Tampa Bay. And Kansas City, 0.2 behind Tennessee. So you got some teams that are all crunched up in that 31, uh, that plus 30 range. Pittsburgh being sixth place, New Orleans being uh, seventh place. And Baltimore just dropping under 30 points at 29.8. We could round them up to 30, but we don't play that around here. All right. <laughs> points against. These are the small numbers. Look who's in first place in defense. That's how you get to first place in net points. You, you find yourself uh, in, uh, in a situation where your defense is number one. That usually helps. The Rams are right there at 17.7. Look who's right behind the Rams, the Dolphins. We're going to talk about this again because people are just completely saying about the Dolphins, they shouldn't worry about the playoffs. They're not going to do nothing this year anyway. Mm. Indianapolis Colts, San Francisco Niners, and Pittsburgh Steelers take fourth through six all at 19 point something something, two, four, and seven. Chicago at 20 even and... Tampa Bay giving up 20.3, rounds out your top eight defensively. And again, our favorite guy, Todd, turnover differential, your Tennessee Titans take first place at 1.5 turnovers on average per game, turnover differential. And again, that's different than turnovers, turnover differential. So they're on the plus side. Kansas City right there with them, Baltimore at an even one. And just under one, Seattle uh, is in fourth place. So rounding out fourth through eighth, Seattle, Cleveland, Tampa Bay, Detroit, and then Indianapolis at all just under one, Tampa Bay, uh, excuse me, Detroit and Indianapolis at a half of uh, turnover differential in their favor. So what I wanted to do, and let me see if I can do this correctly here, is I wanted to talk about those teams that are tops on offense, but not tops in defense. They're in the top 10 offensively, but they're not in the top 10 defensively. And I think that that's going to be problematic as we get a little further in the season. We're going to see if these guys in the second half of the season can get their defense together. Seattle, Offense, number one. Defense, number 23. That's a big drop. That's a big drop. That's, that's, that's problematic. That's problematic. Green Bay Packers, number two. Defense, 19th. Tennessee Titans, number four. Defense, 17th. New Orleans Saints, number seven. Defense is 24th. And the Cleveland Browns, who fell in, got they got into 10th offensively but they're all the way down in the 29th in terms of offense. I mean, I mean, defense. So these are the teams that have a big um, space, a disparate number between their offenses and their defense. They are not in balance. And in life, you must have balance or you would have 
you weren't with me when we we went and saw the movie Koyana Skatsi. Uh, no. Koyana Skatsi is a Hopi Indian word that means life out of balance. Okay. Okay. These are the teams that are living life out of balance. Now, on the other side are top 10 defensive squads that are not top 10 on offense. <laughs> so we, we're with the Rams, number two on defense, number 18 on offense. The Dolphins, number four on uh, defense. Not bad. 12th on offense, that ain't too, too bad. That's Same with the Colts. Big. That's not bad at all. That's not bad at all. And, and somehow, oh yeah, I have the Colts in, in here, and that's not correct. There's no way in the world they're both number. Let me just see something. Let me fix that here. So your Colts defensively uh, are, okay, where are they at? Indianapolis. Okay, so somehow I got them in there. Let's skip them right now. My Niners, uh, 49th. My, our fifth on uh, defense and 16th on offense. Not but that bad. Somehow winning, not too, too bad. The Bears, seventh on defense. And if they only had a quarterback, <laughs> offensively, they are 27th. So yeah, that's, that's bad. That's bad. Yeah, that, that they're going to have to get together. Um, and I don't think that they're going to. Um, unless they Mitch Trubisky comes back and plays the good side, you know we can almost uh, Fitz uh, Patrick. We can say talk about Fitz magic and Fitz tragic. We we talk about Trubisky as Trubiskying it up, but sometimes he has good games, and if he can have a Fitz magic side to him, maybe we can come up with a good turn. <laughs> Ain't gonna happen, eh? I don't think so. Don't see that happening. Okay. Or, or or he'll or he'll come out. This is if they bench Foles and bring him back. Because I, I still don't believe they're gonna do that. Have they announced that? No, and, and I, I kind I of agree with you. I think they're gonna ride Foles to the rails. I think they're gonna ride him to the wheels fall off and then they'll figure out what they're gonna do later. Yeah. But um yeah, if if somehow they were to bring Trubisky back, he would probably play well in his first game back. And then start stinking it up again. So, or Trubisky in it up again, because that's just what he does. <laughs> yeah, sad to say, sad to say. All right. Well, that wraps up the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings portion of the show. We're going to move on. We're going to move on to the Bias Plus reports. Let me make sure I have this set up here because. This is the matchups. This is where we do all the matchups, man. And let me tell you something. Uh, when I looked at the matchups for the upcoming week, I was like, oh, man, there are a few buttes this weekend. So let's get that rock in here, and we will move right into it. Bam and bam. All right. Starting out, Falcons at Panthers. Bias plus score 2.4 favors the Panthers. This is a division game? Yes, yes it is. Absolutely. Always good. I love division games because there's just something weird about them. You can't count any team out in this situation. And, you know, if the Falcons weren't so bad on defense – 
they would probably be favored. But let's face it, the Falcons uh, on defense are 26. So you've got your 13th ranked um, Falcons on offense, and they're playing the Panthers, who are ranked 13th on defense. So the Falcons are scoring 26.3. Panthers only giving up 24 uh, points per game. Obviously, the uh, Falcons are racking it up or pretty good on offense. And the Panthers, that's where they leave a little something to to be desired coming in 25th. Who do you have? The Panthers are 25th in offense, right? Yes. And defensively, they're 13th? Yes, sir. Yeah, okay. Um, (laughs) Falcons are 26th defensively. Right. So the, the substance of the Falcons team is on the offensive side. And the substance of the Panthers team is on the defensive side. Plus, they have Teddy Bridgewater. Hence, I'm taking the Panthers. You like Teddy over Matt uh, Matt in this situation? Absolutely. All right. Then he's going with the bias and the Panthers. Next up, Colts at Lions. Bias plus score 8.5 favors the Colts. Who you got? Wow. Okay. I like the Colts. I've been liking the Colts. They started off like their defense was going to be like pretty dominant, but they've kind of fallen off since then. However, they're coming off a bye. I think they got themselves together. Uh, No miracles by Matt Stafford this week. I'm taking the Colts. Going with the bias and the Colts. Fantastic. Next up, Vikings at Packers. Bias plus score 14 favors the Packers. That is uh, the second largest bias of the weekend. Who do you have? Um, okay. One good thing that's going to happen for the Vikings this week is that they're going to get uh, Dalvin Cook back. Uh, Packers run defense is nothing really to brag about. So this game could actually be a little bit closer than it would have been if it was last week. But Aaron Rodgers is on fire. Nobody can cover Devontae Adams. He's, you can't, he can't be covered. I'm sorry, just can't be done. I know we say can't, can't uh, guard Mike. You can't guard Devontae either. So I'm gonna go with the Packers. I think they just flat out outscore them. Even if the Vikings come out and they're able to control the ball on the ground and, and uh, Kirk Gibson has a good day. Kirk Gibson? Kirk, what's his name? Cousins. Kirk Gibson. You know why? Because the Dodgers won the World Series. Oh, Listen, the Dodgers won the World guy. Series. So I'm watching the, the highlights after I watched the game, and I watched the highlights, and then they said that the last time the Dodgers won a World Series, Kirk Gibson was the hero. He hit the famous uh, home run and ran around the bases with the bad knee, and he did the fist pump thing. I know you've seen that a million times. So I had Kirk Gibson on my brain. Kirk Cousins, even if he has a good game, will be outscored by Aaron Rodgers, and that'll be the end of that. It's, it's, it's just that simple. Well, here's a chance, again, a division game here for your Bills to, uh, to get themselves right. Um, and here's a chance for the Patriots to try to keep that record, because I don't think they've lost to the Bills um, since the Stone Age. 
Uh, bias plus score 4.3, however, favors the Bills in this situation. Is Cam going to be able to get his act together? I don't know if Cam is going to be able to get his act together, but uh, it, I don't think it matters that much. Actually, I don't think he's going to be able to get his act together. In fact, there's a question as to whether he will start the game or not. Um, I've heard some rumblings about Jared Stidham starting the game. If Stidham starts the game, the Bills win easy. If Cam starts the game, the Bills still win. It just won't be as easy. So I'm going with the Bills. Uh, they're home. Not that home field means much anymore. Um, they've had some. They've had some. They've had some pretty bad games these last couple of games. Def like I said, defensively, they should be far stronger than than what they're showing. Uh, I know they're very low in the rankings as far as points against is concerned. Far lower than I expected them to be. And they're not getting the kind of turnover production that I was expecting from them either. So I don't, maybe, maybe I was hoping too much for them. Maybe I overhyped them or something, but I've been pretty disappointed, but this could be a get right game for them. And I'm hoping that it is. So I'm going to take the bills. You jumped on the bill bandwagon with both feet hard early on in the season. In the off season, in the <laughs> off season, I like the bills. I, I saw it coming, and, and now I don't know what's going on. The, the ride's getting wobbly. It's crazy. 2020, man. It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Titans at Bengals. Bias plus score of 12 favors the Titans. Okay. So when I looked at this game, uh, you've got 11th rank and net points versus the 22nd rank. First rank, a uh, fourth rank offense versus the 21st rank defense, 17th rank defense versus the 24th rank offense should be a Titans win. Um, I can't see them messing it up. What are you, what are you saying? <laughs> I don't think they'll mess this up. I, I've seen the Bengals uh, defense win the hibernation a couple of times. I think they'll do that again. Going to be some business decisions being made. When Derrick Henry gets the ball, I think the Titans grind it out and uh, and win a tough one. And the only reason it's going to be tough is because Joe Burrow is the truth. And Joe Burrow can sling it. And Joe Burrow can keep them in the game. But it's going to be just like – I don't know if it's going to be just like the game against Cleveland, but it will probably be the same outcome. He'll play great. He'll keep them in it. The final score will be – relatively high, but they will lose because they can't. There's no way that defense stops Derrick Henry, let alone Tannehill. So Titans all the way on that one. Yeah, there's just a maturity differential between those two teams. You know, I mean, the Titans are a team bordering on going to the Super Bowl and the Bengals are a team that coming out of the, the basement trying to figure out, you know, why this light is so blinding here. But, uh, you know, they, they, they you know what, though? They got to be happy because, you know, anytime you're so bad that you got the number one pick in the draft and you know you need a quarterback and you know that if you pick the right guy, this can turn your franchise around. And if you pick the wrong guy, you could be in the basement for years to come. And they got it right. So now they can go into the offseason saying, Let's address this defense, and we could be a winning team. So, 
I'm, it's about time the Bengals turned it around. I'm glad to see it. Well, they did. Get, they took. Um, they had a good decision in picking Joe Burrow. So, you know, first step, get yourself a good quarterback. All right, next up, this is a contender for intriguing game of the week with me. No really? wonder why. Yeah, bias plus score one point five is 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 small. You know, it's you know, it's nothing. It's favoring the Browns, who just lost OBJ, which some people are saying that might actually help them, because <laughs> it takes that whole distraction of we have to get OBJ into the game, out of the mix, and maybe they can actually run a balanced football, uh, a balanced offense, and not worry about that. We shall see. The interesting thing that I saw when I looked at it is, number one, their offenses are right there next to each other um, with the Raiders ranked 11th and the Browns ranked 10th. And then when you look at their defense, they're right there next to each other with the Raiders ranked 31st and the Browns ranked 29th. So so in terms, there's there's some, it's kind of even in a lot of ways. Um, the Browns are favored by 1.5. Who do you have? Well, first of all, now that you've quoted those numbers to me, I can see why you're picking this as a possible intriguing game or as your uh, intriguing game. I am also intrigued. Um, this is a tough one to call. (laughs) I got to think about this. If I get a hot Baker Mayfield against a Raiders defense that ain't that solid, and he comes out firing. And uh, who's the new kid taking for over for OBJ? Rashard Higgins, who really actually has been around for a little while. He's just been kind of like fourth string on and off practice squad type dude. He now has a nice sizable role. Uh, I don't know what kind of shape Landry's in, um, but they got a new tight end. In fact, I'm embarrassed because I can't think of his doggone name. His last name starts with an H. That guy balled last week. I think he had two touchdowns. So people are going to start snatching him up off the waiver wire in fantasy. Um, But then you got the Raiders. Derek Carr is really playing well. Josh Jacobs is tough to stop. Aguilar having a career year. Ruggs running past everybody. This is, this is, woo, man, I don't know, Bat. I don't know who I'm taking in this game. I really don't. But you know what? I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to take the Raiders. Ah. Okay. When in doubt, go against the bias. <laughs> <laughs> feeling lucky? Are you feeling lucky? <laughs> okay. All right, I ain't mad at you, you know. Gotta go, gotta go with your gut sometimes. That's what they say. Gotta go with the gut, you know. I mean it's hey. a tough one. This is a tough uh, this one is tough. I might have to watch while I'm watching Red Zone on TV, I'm gonna have to find this one on my phone and watch it. Yeah, AFC battle right there, man. AFC. All right, who's up next? Jets <laughs> at Chiefs. No. Mm-hmm. This is not one of the intriguing games of the week, even though it is the largest bias plus differential. Uh, 28.4 favoring the Chiefs. 
Question is, who's going to be left on the Jets when they go to play this game? Because they, they're already they're shopping their, their, their top draft uh, choice, Quentin Williams, um, already. You know? Really? Yeah. They're already talking about letting him, letting him leave. So the, the Jets might be in that uh, – was not tanking for Trevor. What was it for Trevor? Something else they were doing. Um, sever, sever for Trevor. Severing for Trevor, yeah. They might already be starting that process. So, I mean, they're already talking about the quarterback not being there next year, naturally, if Trevor is an option. Wait, so, wait, wait, wait. Sam Darnold is only in his second year? I think he's third year. He, third year? But he one, was, one year we lost to Mono, pretty much. But he, but he, was, but he was a first-round pick. Yes. Well, you can't quit on a first-round pick that fast. We're talking about Quinn and Williams. They just drafted him this past draft. Yeah, yeah but he's not a quarterback, though. Oh, it's still an all. He's, he's a, when you're a defensive star as well. He should Trubisky be. still has a job. Huh? Trubisky still has a job. Yeah, but that's the Bears. They don't know what to do on offense. They're not going to – oh, speaking of which, <laughs> you want to trash Sam Darnold this early? after you went out on a limb to pick him in the first round just a couple of years ago? Well, I heard Trevor Lawrence say, before I go to the Jets, I'll stay in college another year. How about that? Yeah, that's that's part of the discussion. That's part of the discussion. And I don't blame him a bit. By the way, take the Chiefs in this one, please. Yeah. You yeah. bother to watch it, just take the Chiefs. And I'll be quite honest, if I was Trevor – and if you didn't promise that you were going to fire Gase, I would definitely stay in college. Oh, God, just another reason. Just pile. You're piling on now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, Rams at Dolphins. Now, you know, this had to be a contender for intriguing game of the week. <laughs> the bias plus score is 0.7, Babe, uh, Benny, 0.7. Favoring the Dolphins. <laughs> and we talked about that. This in is the like, midpoint rankings where the Dolphins ranked higher than the Rams. All right. I tell you. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. My mind works in mysterious ways. So we got the LA Rams coming in. A pretty good team. A well-coached team a possible contender in one of the toughest divisions in the NFL to play the Dolphins, who under normal circumstances you would look at this game and go, ah, except the Dolphins have the bias, and they have the bias based on them cats been balling, okay? They've been playing really, really well, and they've been led by Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now... We have the first game for Tua Tagovailoa. Okay, don't ask me why, but in my brain, Tua is Trump. Trump, Trump, taking an unlikely bias and running with it when it was Fitzpatrick, who was Obama. It was his bias all along. Am I crazy? Am I? That's I tell you. I didn't make that. I didn't write that down. That just came into my head. 
We'll, we'll, we'll get you some help Dude, later. But I, I kind of understand what you're saying. You know, the Dolphins are going to lose. The Dolphins are going to lose. <laughs> Just because that came into my head. The Dolphins are going to lose. Because two is coming in. Yeah, we got the bias. <laughs> yeah, like, like he knows about us, right? Yeah, we got the bias. Guess what, pal? That's Fitzpatrick's bias. Yes, it is. Yes, it what? is. Take the Rams. You're taking the Rams. Okay. I, I can't blame you on that. All right. That was weird. Next game up. Crazy about that. Is also on the list for intriguing games of the week. <sighs> oh boy. <laughs> Steelers at Ravens. Bias plus score 2.4 favors the Ravens. And you know it had to. Number one defense. You know, um, when I looked at this game, first of all, in terms of net points, Steelers are third, Ravens are first. In terms of offense, Steelers are sixth, Ravens are eighth. So they're right there with them. In terms of defense, Steelers are sixth, Ravens are first. So Ravens have the favor. So the question is, what? is Lamar going to do? Is he going to show, can he, you're going to have to throw the ball. The, the running game is going to work a little bit, but the Steelers got have some decent speed on their defense. Uh, you don't want to run too much. You want to be, you want to get that ball out of your hands quickly. Can he do it? That's the question. What do you got on this? Um, who did the Steelers play last week? What did they play? Or I who, said, who did they play? Who did the Steelers play last week? Well, I have some schedules up here. Let's go. This would be week seven, right? We just talked about it, but that just goes to show that I'm getting old and my memory is not that good. Ah, yeah. Steelers played the Titans. Oh, they played the Titans. 27-24, Steelers. Oh, okay. The Titans, whose whose um, MO is uh, the ground game, correct? And the Steelers won, right? They were and getting the Steelers played the Derrick Henry before he could get going. They I, don't tackled him. I don't care if they got him in the parking lot. TJ Watts at least three times in the backfield. I don't care if they got him in the parking lot, Okay. The Ravens' M.O. is the run game, too. So guess what? Steelers win this game. Why? Because they're going to challenge Lamar to throw the ball. And although they're coming off a bye, and I'm sure they've worked on some things, I don't believe it's going to be enough to get them over the hump. The Steelers' defense is the real deal. Um, great against the run. Sufficient. Uh, a little better than, than average against the pass. So I'm going to go with the Steelers on this one. Should be a knockdown drag out. I don't think this will be a high-scoring game. I think this will be a low-scoring game. Slugfest, but the Steelers should come out on top. I, again, I chose that as my intriguing game of the week. So I watched that whole game last week and um, sort of 
flip back and forth to red zone every once in a while because I really wanted to watch that. And then I went to Game Pass during the week to watch some of those games in that one o'clock time frame that I didn't get a chance to really watch. That's why I saw that smashing block by Derrick Henry, um, you know, and uh, so, you know, mo emotionally, I agree with you, you know, again, the numbers are the numbers, you know, um, no conjecture, no opinion. That's what we say about the numbers. It is what it is. So I'm looking forward to this game. All right, next up. Saints at Bears. Bias plus score 1.3 favors the Saints. We've already talked about the Bears dysfunction, but the Saints are coming in, what was it, net point of one or something like that? A defense that's, uh, well, Saints defense is ranked 24th, whereas the Bears defense is ranked 7th. It's just that the Bears can score, and the Saints are 7th in scoring. So what can I tell you? Uh, I, I'll say this. The Bears may be ranked seventh in points against, but they're not on steady legs right now. Uh, I see the Bears defense beginning to falter as the Saints defense actually gets a little bit better. Just a little bit, but a little bit better. Um, we can talk about Drew Brees' arm. We can talk about their offense being, you know, short passes, this, that, and the other. Doesn't matter to me as long as his accuracy is there and he has playmakers all over the field and he's getting one of them back this week, I hope, in Michael Thomas. And um, Sanders has been down on the COVID thing for already a week going into his second week. I haven't heard anything about him being back to practice yet. So I don't know what his situation is going to be. But if they get either one of them or both of them back, it's only going to help. So I'm going to go with the Saints. I, I don't believe in the Bears at all. I think the Bears are going to start uh, sinking in everybody's rankings. Yeah, going with the bias on that. All righty. Well, as I said, this would be an intriguing game, except for the fact that it's my beloved 49ers in a division matchup against the Seahawks, and the bias plus score is only 0. .5. <laughs> But it favors my Niners, mainly because we're just a little more balanced. We might not be great, um, you know, and, and either one of the either sides of the ball. Uh, the Seahawks are great on the offensive side, but their defense is just giving up points. Yeah, now, they give up way too many points. Way giving up way too many points. Now, um, I saw uh, something come across. I think they just picked up uh, somebody on their defensive line. Um, yes. Yeah, break. it came across somewhere. I have to find it. Maybe uh, I can pick it up a little bit later. But um, they are trying to shore up that line because they're practically sackless. They're not. Somebody reported that Kyler Murray didn't get hurried or touched in that game. Yeah, see, that's, that's I mean, that's not good. <laughs> That's an element of your defense that you can't do without. Like, you need that. Even if your secondary isn't the greatest, if you've got a really good pass rush, you can make up for some of their deficiencies. Without a pass rush, even a really good secondary can be made to look bad. So that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing at all. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, as these teams get healthier in the second half, it's going to be even that much more competitive. So 
this would be a, uh, a really good game. Uh, expected to be a good game. Um, it's not going to be my intriguing game because I don't do my own team, but I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to this matchup. Well, All right. Now tell me this. This should be an interesting game, but tell me this. Where Where is um, where are the Niners at in points, points against? Because that'll tell me a lot. <laughs> well, sir, the Niners are fifth in points against. Seahawks are 23rd. With the Seahawks are first on offense. Niners are 16th. Oh, my goodness. Now I see why they have the bias. But guess what? I'm going with the Seahawks just because I like the Seahawks. I, I believe in Russ. I'm sticking with him. All right. There you go. Cowboys at Eagles. Bias plus score 6.1 favors the Eagles. This is not so intriguing, even though, again, a division game, weird things happen in division games. I have no clue who the Cowboys will have at quarterback. Um, and the Eagles are, you know, well, I don't know who, who's going to be on the field with those guys. But for right now, they played a lot better. Cowboys are in last place on defense, and even the Eagles aren't that bad. So, highest plus score favors the Eagles. Who you got? <laughs> as challenged as the Eagles are on offense, they're better than the Cowboys. And I'm not even – compared to the Cowboys' defense – the Eagles should be on their way to the doggone Super Bowl. So I'm taking the Eagles all day. Of course, this will be a game that they screw up and lose somehow. But I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't imagine how they could do it. So I'm going to take the Eagles. That is the Sunday night game. Oh, good. So we'll, get a, we'll be able to watch all the uh, details. At least, some, at least people on the East Coast might be interested enough to watch the Sunday night game because I don't think anybody else is going to want to watch that. <laughs> yeah worst almost historically bad division this year you know so absolutely all right so that wraps up the sunday games that leaves one game left and i know you have a particular interest in this game because your giants are going to host the buccaneers and the largest bias plus of the weekend favoring the Buccaneers at 20.1. And if, no, I'm sorry. It's not the largest because the Chiefs were the largest, but that's okay. What are you guys going to do? <laughs> the Chiefs had the largest bias only because they're playing the Jets. Yeah. We've easily gotten that. Um, I'm going to take the, the two New York teams are giving up the largest biases. <laughs> That's awful, isn't it? And they play in the same stadium, and it goes on and on and on. It's horrible. Crazy thing is, the Giants' defense isn't terrible, but they can't score, and they surely are not going to be able to score against a defense as good as the Buccaneers. This is the Buccaneers' game all day. I just hope to be somewhat competitive. Show me a bright spot. Show me Evan Ingram catching a tough pass or scoring a touchdown. Give me something to, to feed off of because this won't be much of a game. And, and 
in fantasy, be careful with this game. This might look like a layup for Tom Brady, and in real life it will be, but fantasy-wise it might not be. You might want to play somebody else other than Tom Brady in this one. Just a hunch. Um, okay, I'm, I'm so, well, we, we get what I'm saying. In other words, they will probably be able to control the game pretty much on the ground and getting a lot of three and outs. And I don't think Brady's going to have to throw for massive yardage to keep them in the game. He'll be able to throw, you know, when he wants to throw. I, I don't, I don't expect them to come out and start winging it all over the place and trying to blow the giants out. I think they're just going to win the game. Hmm. And it could okay. still blow out. He might throw for 250. He could throw for 250 and four touchdowns. He, he's done that. <laughs> so, you know, now, but, but it's more likely that he'll throw for 250, 260 and two touchdowns and then four net will score on the ground. And, 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 and Ronald Jones will score two touchdowns and that'll be a blowout. His numbers won't be fantasy worthy. That's all I'm saying. But the score will be 40 to nothing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Don't try to understand, bro. It's fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that wraps up the uh, bias plus portion of the uh, game of the week. Somehow I'm doing something with my screen that I have no idea what I'm doing. Hold on one second. All right, so we always talk about the Bias Plus reports. You came in at what, 61%? I believe so. 61%? Pretty good well, day for me. For week seven, the Bias Plus report. Oh. <laughs> I, again, I'm looking at the, at the game. We were, I'm, I'm checking them off. Right? Uh, yes, 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 yes. We get to the Cardinals-Seahawks game. They're going back and forth. I'm, like, ready to pull my hair out. I think Russell's going to screw up my, my – my, it's almost like when you have a, a, a shutout and you're just trying to keep them – you know, you want to keep that big, fat zero in there and they kick a field goal and screw right, it up for you. Right, but right. I think this is the first. You think this is the first 100% of the bias plus came back uh on on the winning side i couldn't believe it congratulations the bias plus report was 100 percent correct in week seven of the 2020 nfl season the bias plus report reported every game properly picked the winner on every single one this thing's legit <laughs> <laughs> I'm even amazed. And I always call this a football experiment because right. nobody else is doing this. So we're just tracking the numbers and it is what it is. Right. No conjecture. No opinion. <laughs> Straight numbers. <laughs> All right. So that wraps up the bias plus portion of the show. We're going to go to, um, we're going to talk about, this is a commentary portion. We get to talk about a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Well, let's start it off, uh, Benny. I'm going to see if I can pull up our uh, our page. 
And because usually I like to start with that. Um, <laughs> speaking of, all right, this is this is funny. And uh, you might not think it's funny, though. Oh, well, I don't want to see it if I don't think it's going to be funny. You don't want to see it if you don't think it's funny? I mean, if you don't think it's, if you think I'm not going to think it's funny, you're going to show me anyway. Absolutely. Let's see if I can get this to play here. Oh, now all of a sudden it wants to, see? Is it a meme about the Giants or something? Yeah, your, your negative energy was enough to keep the video from playing correctly. Oh. <laughs> oh, I know what it's got to be. Yeah. It's got to be Daniel Jones's run. Oh, you know it is. Okay. All you right. Okay, everybody's having fun with that. I laughed. I it thought really it was did you really? It was funny. I <laughs> everybody that I that that I talked to that saw this thought it was hilarious, um, and it played well on on our Instagram page. So okay, you looked up there uh, for whatever reason. It just did not want to play. That's okay. They scored that series, so they sure did. And, and I was actually glad that it happened because you know it was such. Uh, uh-oh. I think we have it here, Benny. Let's see if I can. I mean, it's it's fun for the audience. You know what I mean? That's that's I seen it. It's on a loop on ESPN. Jeez. Is it really? Come on, man. It's on I haven't seen it. Not this particular um I mean, the run was was there, but I did not see this particular video. So, for everybody, oh like oh no that was just too too good i don't know who did that and the music was just right y'all like damn it horrible <laughs> you're right that wasn't funny <laughs> yes it was you laughed i saw you we got you on film laughing <laughs> oh man i was like oh no okay what's up next Let's just, everybody else is talking about it. So we might as well, you know, at least say a couple things about the rundown. DK Metcalf running down Buda Baker. Uh, it's called the effort play probably of the year. Um, what can I say? You saw it, I saw it, the world saw it. Everybody's impressed. We have it on our page. One of the plays of the year. Um, I don't have the video here. I just have the picture of DK. Uh, what did you think about that run? After watching the replay a couple of times, I realized that it was actually even more impressive than I originally thought. Really? Yeah, because when they lined up, um, Metcalf was on the far side of the field. He wasn't out wide. In fact, he was kind of tight but he was on the left-hand side of the line of scrimmage as they were going into the end zone. 
So I thought that when the interception occurred, he peeped it from over there where he was, took the angle, very slight angle it would have been too, because like I said, he wasn't real wide, and just walked him down. But it was more impressive than that because on the play, his route brought him in that direction. So he was almost behind Buda Baker when Buda Baker took off. And he straight gave him a head start and walked him. There was no angle. There was no angle. Yeah, you're right. Walked him. And it's funny because, you know, in flag football and, you know, back when we used to play rough touch and probably in high school and all, the coach would tell you, if you're the quarterback and you throw an interception and the guy's running it back, you better tackle him. And Russ had that thought at first. <laughs> Till Buddha got in the stride. And Russ was like, what the? And then, whoosh, <laughs> he blows by Russ. And Russ is like, oh, my man got him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, Russ, you gave up at the 50-yard line. You know, if he needed a little hand, you just took yourself out of the play. Yeah. Russ was like, I know my monster. My monster got this covered. <laughs> right, 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 right. Extremely oh, impressive, man. man. Extremely impressive. When you see somebody just running you down that's that big, and don't and they probably got the jumble trying, so he could he probably looked up and saw him coming. Yeah, and that had to be scary. My thing is, I wonder, did he really look because, well, I don't know. You you, you can always second guess people. But if I'm running on in a straight line and somebody's behind me running in a straight line and they're gaining on me, I'm going over here and I'm going to go over here because if I do that and I know I'm going to do that and then I do that and I know I'm going to do that, you have to react to what I did. That might buy me a second. Yeah, he didn't do any zigzags at all, did he? He didn't do any zigzags at all. He didn't veer any closer to the sideline because he had room. If he had just veered slightly so that when he got to the end zone, he would be right by the pylon, that might have been enough too. But because he ran straight, that allowed Metcalf to run straight. And in straight speed, no contest. From what I understand, Buda Baker ran like a 4-4 in the combine. That may be. And, and so he's not used to getting run down like that. That's, that's yeah. an unusual circumstance for him, you know? Yeah, he'll be hearing about that for a while. Uh, he'll be hearing about that. that that's going to go down. It's already in that list of uh, historic rundowns, which include people like Deion Sanders. and Yeah. Um, what's his name? The, the, uh, used to be with the Redskins. Daryl Green. Daryl Green, yeah. Oh, classic. Classic right. rundowns, yeah. He had a few of them. Yeah, exactly. And he ran down some of the fastest people, which right. I think might have included Dickerson, Eric Dickerson. I believe one of those plays, yes, I believe so. Yeah. Now, he oh. had a little angle on that one, though. He took a little <laughs> advantage of an angle on that one, but. <laughs> but it's still Eric Dickerson. Uh, yeah, but it's still Daryl Green for a long time was just bowed down to as the fastest man in the league. No doubt. No, no question. Doubt. And I think it was till he was like 50 or <laughs> something ridiculous yeah, old yeah. age. <laughs> I'm joking, but you know what I mean. 
Yeah, he was deep into his career before anybody was able to really uh, test him. Yeah, yeah. He's fast for a long time. He's probably still fast. He probably running four six right now in his dress shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you. So anyway, that was that was historic. We definitely wanted to include that in the show. All right. Uh, the other piece that I wanted to mention, and this is just kind of a mention, the Spring League has returned for the fall season. Uh, had you seen any of the, They actually had some of these games on television. Are they, are, are they real? I'm sorry. Resurrecting the XFL name, or is it going to be called something else? Uh, no, this seems to be uh, an actual NFL developmental program. Really? Yeah, yeah, they've got some, some, and I think it's got some of the guys who opted out of college. It's got some guys who were in the NFL, and uh, they have a short, I think something like a six-game season or something like that. But all that information is here in the article on Very the Spring League. And, uh, you know, I watched a little bit of the game. I was, you know, trying to pull all the numbers together. Didn't have a chance to get too deep into it. Wait, and so I had just heard about it. Huh? They're playing now? They're playing now. Okay, so where do I see this? Um, go to Ben and Barry on football and that <laughs> article. <laughs> Dude, I want to watch a game. You know, I think um, when I saw it, I saw it on Game Pass, so I can't really okay. see what channel it was on. Um, I'll find it. You know. are, they, are they calling it The Spring League? That's as far as I know of. It's right. called the Spring League, and you know, I'm not sure what else is called. But they are playing. You know, they are actually playing right now. So I was surprised. Um, and then lastly, just on a Madden tip, I, I, um, they they they're playing uh, Madden now. I saw Jerry Judy. Um, I saw Henry Ruggs. Uh, Derwin Derwin James. Uh, he's got this thing called the world against Derwin James. He's taking on every and anybody and he's killing them. He's scoring like 50 points on people. So, uh, Derwin yeah, James, is he, is he playing any of them, 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 uh, those guys that are always in the Madden championships every year? And no, he's Madden? playing other NFL players. This is an all NFL. Oh, 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 okay. NFL. Well, wait a minute. I do think he's played some celebrities. But I don't think he's played any of those guys who are in the. Uh, nah, he, he don't want no parts of those guys. Well, I don't know. He's he's pretty good. He's he's pretty good. Um, but you know, it, and it was fun. It was fun watching. I like watching Madden on TV. It's one of the few game shows that I watch on television. All right, I don't have any commentary that would take us too far beyond um, you know what we've already talked about. Uh, the NFL is going um, this week marks the end of the first half of the season at week eight. And, you know, things normally kind of switch around after this game. People, you know, this plus you've got the trade deadline coming up. Now, I know as a fantasy guy, you have to stay on top of this because now defenses will change and, and, and skilled players will move from place to place. And you're going to have to adjust your lineups. Am I not correct? Well, if you have the player on your team, <clears throat> excuse me, you don't necessarily have to make any adjustment. Um, let's take, for instance, Le'Veon Bell. A lot of people drafted him. 
he was on somebody's team in every league in the universe, but he was on sitting on their bench because he wasn't producing. As soon as word got out that he was going to the Chiefs, people started treasuring him. You know, some people used him to make trades. Some people coveted him, you know what I mean? Because now he's on a team that has a far better offense and now his skills are going to be able to be shown. There's still a question um, because the Chiefs have to figure out how they're going to do it. You know what I mean? How they're going to keep Hilaire and him happy and how Mahomes is going to deal with that. You know, uh, right off the top of my head, I said to myself, it shouldn't be too tough because they don't have any outstanding number one wide receiver. And Le'Veon Bell has been known to line up in the slot and line up wide. So getting him and Hilaire on the field together is no big deal. You know what I mean? So there's lots of things Andy's going to be able to do. Him and Eric Bieniemy are going to have to figure that out. I can't wait to see it. But yeah, when when a guy goes from a team where he you you like the player, but the team is bad, and then all of a sudden he's on a good team, now you're like, man, I'm glad I held on to that guy. You know, that's that's how that works. Okay, bigger impact. Right. AB right. going to Tampa Bay or Le'Veon going to Kansas City? Uh, bigger impact for the player, for the team, team, for the team, I would say it's probably, it's probably Le'Veon going to the chiefs. Cause like I said, I, I respect the chiefs. I respect what Mahomes does with what he's got, but, um, they don't have any outstanding receivers on their team and Le'Veon's going to help them in that department. So he, it's like he is, he's an infusion into their offense that they can use in multiple ways. Now, AB going to the Bucks turns out might be a big deal right away because Chris Godwin just went down with a fractured finger, but a fractured finger is not going to keep him out that long. Um, however, um, Mike Evans isn't having the greatest season either. So that's going to be very interesting to see how they how they uh, wean him into this offense and how they decide they're going to use him. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting because Evans basically plays on the outside. AB can play inside and outside. Scotty Miller plays inside, and Chris Godwin plays inside and outside, but mostly inside. So, you know what I mean? He's going to have to be fit in. It's going to be a little bit more difficult to fit him in, I think unless somebody has injury like they have now. Didn't take him long to but fit him play this week. the Patriots. Yeah, he can't he can't play this week though also. Yeah. Right. He's gonna go through COVID pro, uh, protocol. protocol. All right, that's it for me. What do you got? I got one more thing that we meant to talk about that we didn't talk about, and that is what's going on with the Miami Dolphins. So they come out of the bye and they declared before they even went into the bye that they were going to bench Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's been carrying them and who's having them play a great season, not to mention their defense is playing really well, as noted in the, in the, in the uh, standings, or rather in our um, bias reports. But And they're going to go with Tua Tungavailoa. And I would say probably if they're going to bring him out, 
then they're going to ride him out for the rest of the season, regardless of what happens. They are expecting him to do well. They were expecting him to be the number one quarterback coming out of college, even over Joe Burrow. The injury changed all that. So in their minds, this is my way of thinking how I believe the Dolphins brass is thinking. Um, so in their minds, when he's 100% healthy, he's the best quarterback in that draft. And if he's the best quarterback in that draft and we took him with our first pick overall, we're going to play him. And I believe that that was the plan from Jump Street. They didn't know the defense was going to be inspired. They didn't know that Fitzpatrick was going to, you know, have everybody jumping up and down and believing in themselves and running up scores on people. They had no idea any of that was going to happen. The one thing they made up their minds about, though, was when they were 100,000% sure that Tua was 100% healthy, they took that along with the really good practices that I heard he was having and put him out there. So they're just following through with their plan. That's my opinion. Well, you're probably correct in what they're doing um, relative to it being a purely football decision. I don't know if that's correct. You know, it, I wouldn't have done it. I, I would have, you know, I think you said you probably I wouldn't have done it either. Yeah. As much as I feel like I understand why they did, I wouldn't have done it either. I'd have rode Fitzpatrick till the wheels fell off. And, you know, you figure at some point with Fitzpatrick, the wheels are going to fall off, you know, and you bring, then you'd be able to bring him in. Um, yeah, historically, yeah. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> it, it would have happened, didn't have to happen against the Rams. You've got a few much easier games in the lineup coming up. You know, that, uh, you know, he might have been able to, you know, come in and get more time. He could have. They, they could have beat the Rams. They can still beat the Rams, believe it or not. Rams are not good against the run, and they got a nice rookie running back down there, Miles Gaskin. He's pretty good. If, if Tua doesn't get the jitters and throw the ball away, they could still win this game. And I'm pretty sure they would have won it with Fitzpatrick there. But. Well, hopefully. Tua won't screw up my bias plus <laughs> and get the jitters, but because uh, they are favored in this game by a very, very small margin. Okay. Anything else? I got nothing else. Go Knowles. Peace.